Being in this world, it is normal to experience a Ramana, sense impressions, which we call Pasa, sense contact. If we feel cold, feel hot, that means our body is like a thermometer. It can communicate with the nervous system and means our sense contact is still good. If we don't feel it at all, then it means it is abnormal. So we should learn about sense contact as well. If we didn't get born in this world, then we wouldn't meet with hot, cold, hunger, thirst, the suffering of the body and all the change of the body. There would be no suffering in the heart. But here we have been born already and we have to be supported by the four great elements in this world that have come together. The mind consciousness has attached to it. The cells that have grown, we have attached to them. We are a human being and that's taken as good. It is our good fortune. If the weather is hot, we recognize the heat and we can find ways to overcome it and we can overcome the heat to a suitable extent. And we will also learn about suffering. This body is a heap of suffering. It is a heap of dukkang, suffering, anichang, impermanence, anatta, not-self. It is a heap of suffering arising. We experience aramana, sense impressions, which is pasa sense contact happening, nama, mentality, rupa, materiality. We have nama and we have rupa. When they contact each other, the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body and mind contact with the forms, sounds, odors, flavors, bodily sensations and mind objects. So, for heat, here we call it potapa, a bodily sensation. There is a feeling arising, there is disliking arising. It is tanha, craving, it is upadana, attachment arising, it is suffering arising. If we can accept it, then it is something normal. One venerable elder that practiced in the time of the Buddha, he was sitting vipassana, developing insight meditation out in the sun. It was very hot. A disciple saw that the venerable monk was being tortured like that and wanted him to be at ease, so invited the monk to go into the shade, to go develop insight meditation in the shade. The venerable elder said, Never mind, because I can recollect my past lives of the lifetime that I was in hell, and it was way hotter than this, so, so much more hot. So he contemplated the heat, the suffering of the never-ending cycle of birth and death in Sangsara. It is great torture and suffering. Going down to the hell realm is torture. Going to the animal realm is torture. The venerable elder contemplated this 
and attained to becoming a fully enlightened arahant. So this was because of pasa, experiencing sense contact and having the feeling of being hot. So we can try to train in this way a bit. It may be so hot. We are in our house and it's so hot. Then go out and bask in the sun. We bask in the sun and it's even hotter. When we feel hotter, then we go into the shade and we feel better. It's better than being out in the open. This is training in torture as well, so that we can come back to the right amount, so that we can accept that the present moment is good enough already. And even if it's very hot, we can drink water and we can overcome our thirst and overcome our suffering. We can be hot in the body, but don't let the hot get into the mind. So we should contemplate for wisdom to arise. Contemplate the suffering of the body and the suffering of the mind. If we train well, then we will have an inner home, a resting place, or have a shelter. Like if we are very hot, we are out in the open, in the sun, and it's very hot. Then we go in under the shade, into the house, and then the heat is less. There's something that covers us and protects us. The building or dwelling is what protects against sun, protects against wind, protects against rain, protects against mosquitoes and all the crawling insects. That is what the monks will contemplate frequently. This dwelling that we are supported by is to alleviate, to alleviate the suffering it doesn't overcome suffering completely. It just alleviates it. Because the state of the human world is like this. And later on in the future, in later generations, it may change even more than this. In our generation that has passed, some people have passed 90 years, 80 years, 70 years, and the climate has changed a lot in this time. But before, it was very cold as well. It was really cold. In 1976, when I was in Wat Nongpapong, in the rainy season, it was really cold. It was so cold. It was suffering. Back then, before I ordained, I was a white-robed anagarika, just with one thin shoulder-cloth angsa, before there was no warm clothing to protect against the cold. We just endured it. There was also no sitting cushion, no sitting mat. We just put a thin cloth on top of the concrete and sat like that. And it was cold weather and it rained. There was both cold and rain and mosquitoes and it was windy. There was everything but we endured it. We trained in patiently enduring it. And Venerable Ajahn Chah talked about this. When someone came to ask him, in what Nongpa Pong here, how do you practice? What lineage do you practice? What lineage? 
there is the S lineage or the V lineage. What does that mean? The S lineage is Samadhi, meditative concentration. The V lineage is Vipassana, insight meditation. And Ajahn Chah said, that's not it. In this monastery, we practice the lineage of torture. We hear this, and what is this torture about? It's just about suffering, not going according to one's wishes, one's wants. This is an important point. The important point that if we wanted something, then Ajahn Chah would cut it off to be otherwise. If a monk didn't want to give Dhamma talks, then Ajahn Chah would teach them to give a lot of Dhamma talks. Whichever monk wanted to give a lot of Dhamma talks, then he would not let them give Dhamma talks. To train to be in the right amount, to be able to adjust the mind, to know the mind, to watch the mind. Of what type of feelings are there in my mind when I experience sense impressions? Some monks experience sense impressions that they don't like their fellow monks. They feel really dissatisfied and annoyed by them, but they don't look at it properly. The feeling of suffering, of being annoyed, it is within our own minds. It is not with our friends. It is not with that aramana, the sense object. The sense object is an outer object, but we experience that sense object, and our mind is deluded in that sense object separately. So our mind is deluded in the sense object, and so it suffers. We understand that it is the friends who make us suffer, but later on, on another occasion, the Krubhajan, the great teacher, teaches us some good Dhamma, and we feel at ease, and we forget about it already. We have forgotten about that suffering. This is called being lost in sense objects. He taught that a person lost in the world is one lost in sense objects. What is the world? It is the forms, sounds, odors, tastes, bodily sensations, and mind objects. It is in the world. It is in our heart, in this world. It's not anywhere else. So when we practice Dhamma, we practice when we have sense experiences. Then wisdom can arise. So we have to train in it a lot. We have to have a lot of mindfulness to watch our minds a lot. And especially in this hot weather, we have to be careful. We have to have sila, moral conduct, because people's moods are very hot. The temperature boils people up. These days they say, it's a hot-headed person. If there are arguments, then maybe in a brief moment, and there is physical harm, and could even be killing, which shouldn't even be possible. In the past, 70 years ago, no matter how hot it was, or however angry people were, people wouldn't go and harm others on this level. So we are born into this life, and we have a good opportunity. If we are suffering, if we are hot, 
and we train with it. Sometimes we may be really irritated. It's so hot and we are irritated, but we train with it. I once saw a big forest and wanted to sit meditation there. I went there and it was full of mosquitoes. And sometimes I would go sit meditation in the monastery that I had lived in before. It was an open straw thatched roofed hall in the middle of a paddy field. And sitting meditation there, then the mosquitoes came and I was about to get samadhi, concentrated. I was about to be inwardly at ease, be peaceful, and the mosquitoes came to bite me. They bit me in the arm, in the face, in the eyelids. So what should I do? Ah, if they bite, let them bite. I'm not going to care about it. I wanted to get samadhi. Otherwise, the samadhi would disappear. So I kept sitting there. Back then, I don't know if I had wisdom, but at the time, I thought that way. I probably should have put up a glot, a mosquito net umbrella, to protect against the mosquitoes, and then I could sit there at ease. But back then, I didn't think there would be any mosquitoes. When I first sat meditation, there were no mosquitoes. But when I kept sitting on, a lot of mosquitoes came. But my mind wasn't interested. I could enter samadhi, and the body was emptiness. The mind was all emptiness. I didn't experience it anymore. A mosquito would bite once, and it would be painful, but rapture would arise. When they bit, then the inner fullness arose. When a mosquito bit, the rapture would arise like this. Here the samadhi could adjust to the experience, and it would fight against the painful feelings. And after sitting meditation for about an hour, I opened my eyes and I couldn't see my arms. Oh, where did my arms go? Both arms, I couldn't see them. It was all black. But when I moved a bit, then, oh, both my arms were covered with mosquitoes. I don't know how many hundreds of mosquitoes there were. It was full on both arms. But the body could have immunity towards it. The mosquitoes bit to that extent, and there were pretty much no leftover scars. But these days, my body is changing, and even one mosquito bite and it can be a scar. But for some other people, they don't even need to get bitten. A mosquito just flies by them a bit, and they already got a scar. It scars them to that level. So all the states are changing, but we see the suffering in it, and we need to do some training with it. We patiently endure it. With hot weather like this, we endure it. We contemplate it. If we can contemplate it, the mind can become peaceful. We look after our mind. We are very careful and restrained with sila. With the people born these days, it's harder to find ones with sila dhamma 
the quality of virtue. But later, in the future, it will be even worse than this. Children may be born without having a father and mother. They are born from being created by science. It would be more difficult then. They receive no warmth. They lack proper nurturing. And it could be a danger to society. So in our generation, it is this much suffering already. But in 30 years, it will be more than this. So we should quickly practice the Dhamma. We see the noble truth of suffering. We see that suffering arises because we have been born. We blame ourselves. We ourselves have been born. If we weren't born, would we have to meet with the things we don't like? It is because we've chosen for ourselves to be born. We have chosen ourselves to make the karma to be born. If we don't want to suffer like this, or to have less suffering, then we need to build goodness to be a Devata, a divine, heavenly being. We know that the Devatas have a long life, a divine lifespan. Not hot, not cold, no hunger, no thirst. They are happy and at ease. There's no feeling of tiredness and fatigue. There's no need to get a massage. The body has no pain, no aches, no sickness, no dangers at all. Because it is a mind that has created a body that is refined. The human body is a body created from the four great elements. It is coarse, coarser than the body of a Devata. And it's hard for the human body to endure in any one state. If it's very hot and the body is not able to handle it, then there can be many who die from it. When it's hot weather, then we'll train with it. When it's cold, we are hungry, thirsty, we will train with it, with all things. We will patiently endure it. When our mindfulness and samadhi is good, when our wisdom is good, then one day we will be able to understand the Dhamma. And it does require training and the torture of our minds as well. If we don't want to sit meditation, then we have to sit meditation. If we don't want to walk meditation, then we have to put in effort and train in doing it. Every day, every day. Then one day, when we have unceasing effort, we don't stop. Then we will meet with success. We need to have motivation, to have passion in it, train to have it. This is chanda, interest, enthusiasm. So we see the drawbacks. We see the suffering in being born and having this bodily form. This is so that we take our minds to learn about this bodily form and then we will be able to see the Dhamma. May you grow in blessings.